tonight as we go forward in this. I want to get into something that they can get that going up there. We'll, we'll praise the Lord for it. If not, we're going to move on anyway. But I am going to get on into a subject. I was going to keep going through Matthew chapter 24 with you. Uh, the other day, and just speaking on that just for a minute, uh, we, were, we were at a uh, Cracker Barrel there, Tammy and I was. This was Wednesday before Hamas entered, Jerusalem, or entered Israel. And I was just sitting there having a normal time with just me and Tammy, and we were talking and doing our thing. And all of a sudden, boom, boy, I had this epiphany hit me, uh, uh, an un unveiling uh, to my heart. And I told, I looked over and told Tammy, she said, what's wrong? I said, something really bad's about to happen. And the first thing that she said was to us, I said, no, I said, in this world, I said, I feel like God is telling me to blow the trumpet of this great thing that is about to happen. Well, that was Wednesday. And then Hamas entered Israel on Saturday. If this is in fact that war and, and, and the war that will begin the great tribulation, if this is that war that escalates and brings about uh, other parties, the king of the north, the king of the east, the king of the west, the king of the south, if this is in fact that war and all the players are in place, I want to tell you and I want to blow that trumpet that the rapture is absolutely imminent. The leaving of the church would be the next thing that would happen. And then there, if this thing inflames over there, if this inflames and becomes that war, that means a three and a half peace treaty would be given by the Antichrist shortly thereafter. And that would begin the great tribulation time. So I'm telling you, I don't, no one knows the hour nor the day. But we're supposed to be watch, watchers on the, on the wall. Uh, we did a ministry of that for years. We did a watchman on the wall ministry where Tammy would give up. Tammy's excellent at this, uh, keeping an eye on world events as they uh, are in tune with the Bible. Uh, we've done this for years and years and, 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 and watching what's happening around us. That's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to be evangelistic, telling the world that the time is coming, the time is near. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if Hamas is actually the beginning of that, it's an interesting thing because if you look up that word Hamas, it means violence. And the Bible says uh, it will be as it was in the days of Noah when violence would be in the land. Well, Hamas was in the land on Saturday. So it's an interesting thing. And we, we don't know, but we can, it prophecy should be for, uh, to, to, to create an excitement in the church because your, your redemption is drawing near. Amen. Your redemption is drawing near. It should be an excitement for the church and it should be a warning to those that's not ready to get ready because it's coming. You know, it's very difficult and I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet on that and we're going to be moving on. Thank you, brother. Home run up there. Uh, I'll be quiet on this, but I'll tell you this. As surely as Jesus Christ stepped in on the world scene that day over 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people just could not believe the Messiah had come. That's where we're at. When He finally showed up, the one that they had talked about for all of those hundreds and hundreds of years, the ones that the prophets had prophesied about, when He finally was there and they were looking God eye to eye, they did not realize it. They just couldn't believe it. That the time had come. The Messiah walked upon the earth. And He was right there in front of them. And they missed it. Let's be wiser than that. Let's heed the moment. Let's be ready with our lamps trimmed and burning bright. We'll get into that later on. Uh, but I wanted to tell you about that. We're going to be... Uh, uh, putting that, I'll, I'll have another sermon series on that, especially on this podcast. I'll be putting that out. I got one that's due to go out. But on this one, I was about eight hours in on studying for this message in the book of Matthew. Tammy comes walking in and says, are you about done in here? I didn't realize where the time went, but eight hours praying and studying for this and God had changed the message uh, for me just about two or three days ago. So I'm going to get into this with you. I'm going to be very careful with you tonight. I want you to understand about demonology. 
The brother spoke on it the other day. This time of year, year, this becomes very prevalent in society. People began to go towards it. Actually, Halloween is, is probably the biggest, uh, well, it is the biggest uh, 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 holiday that is celebrated in, in the United States right now. It is the biggest holiday. The Bible, you know, when the world tends to go towards something, you got to put your ears up and go, well, if the world loves something, should I be loving that? But I want to get into demonology with you. Jesus spent a lot of time dealing with demons. And I don't know why the church don't today. We just kind of dismiss that kind of subject matter. We dismiss that kind of thing because we don't like going there too much. We don't really want to hear about that. And I'm not here to glorify the devil at all because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world today. And I'm telling you, I've been in direct conflict with Satan. And if you don't know it, you are too. You just are not aware of what's going on in your life. Satan operates in people primarily. He operates in people's lives. Jesus spent most of his ministry, a vast majority of his ministry dealing with demons. That's what he did. And he preached a vast majority on demons and, and hell even at that, more so than even on heaven. I want to I read to you something here out of the book of Mark. Before we get going on this, on this uh, slideshow, I'm going to read these. these uh, I've got a couple of long scriptures that I want you to hear and listen to. I want you to listen to what Jesus encountered here. Okay, And we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, as we get as we get moving here, uh, and they came over into the others. This is in Mark chapter five, verses one through nine. This one says, "And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. That means he had a demon within him. We're going to talk about that here. He had many. He had many." who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying, listen at this, and cutting himself. I want you to know that is an epidemic and, and was an epidemic, especially when my daughter and my son was growing up, children who loved to cut themselves cutting themselves. This demon, this demoniac was cutting himself. We're going to talk about why he does that and why people do that and why demons would want you to defile your body that way. It's very important that we understand who we're dealing with. We have to understand who the enemy is, how he attacks our families, how he exists in this world. You have to know your enemy. The church does not teach enough on this, I'm telling you. We love the warm and fuzzy feelings and we let all these things go while the devil tears people apart, you see. You have got to learn and be and understand that you have authority in the name of Jesus and you have to use it. It was in the Great Commission. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. It said he cuts himself with stones. Verse 6 says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I done? What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou tormentest me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, Jesus said, thou unclean spirit. And Jesus asked, What is your name? And he answered and said, My name is Legion. For we are many. In Mark 9, 17 through 29, I'll read this. We're going to go into prayer. It says this. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a, a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered and said unto them, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him un unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, it says. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. I have seen this with my own eyes. 
Listen to this. And he asked his father, Jesus asked, how long ago since this came unto him? Came unto him. How long ago did this demon enter him? You understand, stop for a minute when you're reading the Bible and be that investigative reporter. This is what I've always told the the churches that I've pastored. Always ask the who, what, when, where, how, and why. Stop for a minute and ask the question, how long has it been since this came unto him? Understand that this right here, uh, was a child. Listen to this. And he said, how long has he come to him? And he said, as of of a child. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And if I was probably, if I was reading this as it was being said, it would be something like this. Master, please have mercy on us. And can you do anything to help us? That's probably how you should read that. That brings a little bit more life and reality to it. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe, listen to this, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He was being honest. I mean, when you're sitting here looking at something like this and it's happening right in front of you and you're going to have to believe that a God you've never seen before through a spoken word is going to deal with a demoniac that's wallowing on the ground, foaming and gnashing the teeth. You might need a little help with your unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that as many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose and he was coming to the house. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus was very frank with them and said, this kind, stop for a minute. Remember, we're students of the Bible. This kind. What's that mean? There must be different kind. There must be different capabilities and powers amongst the demonic hordes out there. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. There are different kinds with different power levels, if you will. Jesus said, this kind come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Archangels, seraphim, cherubim, messenger. The list goes on and on. These are fallen angels with different capability, with different power. We're going to talk about familiar spirits, spirits of infirmity, spirits of divination. That's eight that I've mentioned off the top of my head, different kinds that you have to deal with and you have to identify and you have to know about church. I want to tell you, you have an adversary who wants to destroy you. And it is real. Bow your heads, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the truth of Your Word, Lord God. In the season that we're entering, God, we thank You for being absolutely real. Lord, we just ask You in the name of Jesus that You would enlighten our minds, that You would speak, Lord, and give us revelation knowledge, Lord, an unveiling of the truth. For there is one truth, one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Father. And we want to be of the truth, Lord. We want to preach truth always, all the days of our lives, God. We don't want to preach what tickles ears, but God, what comes down from heaven gets preached abroad. Father, we thank you, Lord. 
God, be with us, Lord, as we delve into this dark place and help us to understand, Lord God, and give us faith and give us power and understanding and encouragement, Lord, as we walk through the word together. And God, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In America, we are going forward in the next few weeks and we're going to be delving into the demonic. Whether you believe that or not, I'm not out to win a popularity contest. I'm here to preach the truth to you. People are dabbling with the dark side and there's going to be a price to pay for it when you do. Witchcraft, evil, the whole country will celebrate it as if witchcraft, witchcraft is some child's game. As if this dark thing that we're getting ready to do and participate in is just fun. When you do such things, you open yourself up to demonology. Second slide here, if you would. I want to, I want, I want to read some things. In the book of Exodus twenty two seventeen, it says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Do you understand that in old Jerusalem, if you were a witch or you dressed one of your children up as a witch, they would stone them and kill them. They would take you outside the gates of Jerusalem and have a rock concert on you. It was absolutely forbidden. Any form of witchcraft whatsoever is absolutely forbidden. Next slide. I want to read this. This is a lot on here and I tried to blow that up as much as I can, but this is in Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 13. I want to read this to you. Listen closely to this. It's extremely important. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter pass through the fire. These are people that are, are sacrificing children. These are people who kill children in the name of religion. We just seen that on TV. Offering to the God of Molech. It says here, or that useth divination. Divination, divination is exactly what, what it sounds like. It's divining. It's fortune telling. It's a medium. You should never read tarot cards or horoscopes or ask a diviner for anything, a palm reader, anything like that, because it's real. It's real. It's demonic. There are demons involved with this thing. Listen to this. Or an observer of times. People that look at the horoscopes or the daily things that happened in the past and try to predict the future with it. Listen to this. Or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits. We're going to get into that here in just, just a minute as we stay here. Or a wizard. There's your Harry Potter or a necromancer. A necromancer is someone that talks to the dead. You should never try to consult the dead. God killed King Saul for doing that very thing. That's called necromancy. It says here, for all that do these... I want, I want you to listen with the Lord. Listen, the Lord never changes. Can I get an amen? amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. Amen. This didn't change, folks. We did. This did not change. Listen to this. For all that do these things are an abomination. Abomination. That's what it says. I didn't say that. Mike didn't say that. The Word God said that. All that practice these things that we're just celebrating like crazy is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Listen, look at this. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out for before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Amen. That's straight from God, folks. And yet the Christian church and some Christian people that just don't, they don't mean to do it. Because that's how Satan is. Satan isn't going to make something look... He's going to make something look enticing. He's going to make nostalgia out of it. He's going to make a tradition out of it. Something that you can't get out of. Something that's just so tied to your family that people will call you a freak if you stop doing it. When God of all times has said, it's an abomination. It's an abomination in the sight of the Lord. I want to tell you that the very first thing I want to tell you tonight, 
that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart for you is to let you know you were built and made by God. Listen to me closely for these next words to be inhabited. Let me say that again. You and I were designed by God as a temple to be inhabited. Can I get an amen? You live there. But there's enough room for a legion of demons there too. This is supposed to be a cohabitation spot for you and God Almighty alone. But let me tell you, a demon can live there too. A demon can make its way into a person. And all you got to do is say, come on in. Come on in. You were made. I want you to get a hold of this. Listen to me closely. I want you this to sink in your spirit. You were made to be inhabited by something supernatural. Boy, that if you can grip that with your mind, brother, That'll bring a whole new meaning to your Christianity. You are made to be inhabited. You're a temple made not by the hands of man, but by God Himself. Watch what you open the door to the tabernacle to. Watch closely what you open the door to your church to. To your inhabitation. Because I'm telling you, it will come in. It will come in. This is why we're instructed to live a holy life dedicated to God. One that says no to everything that's evil. To be perfect to the Lord thy God. It's so important to live holy. And to shun anything that looks like evil or darkness at all. Because it will and can inhabit you. Because of this, heaven and hell are at war to, to see who will inhabit you. This is the whole thing. This is it. Satan and God are at battle and you're in the middle of who will inhabit you. That's the bottom line. Either the Holy Spirit's in there or there's a demon in there. A fallen nature that needs to be redeemed. Lord, help me preach this tonight. Heaven and hell are fighting it out to inhabit you. Jesus said it. He said it. He said, Behold, I stand at your heart's door and I knock. What did He say? You have an opening. Man, we never stop to think what He's saying. He said, Behold, I stand at your heart's door. Any man that... Openeth. Openeth. Everybody say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Openeth to me. I and my Father, listen, will come in. Do you see? Watch what you open the door to, brother. Watch what you open the door to. Your heart, your soul has the door. Don't just open it up to everything that comes by. Keep it sealed, closed, and only keep Jesus in there. And guard that place with your life. Guard it with your life, with the Word of God. With the Word of God. The one side appeals to your lusts, your desires, your fallen nature. Oh, you want to open the door so bad you can't stand it. Life's been miserable lately. You've had hardships. You've been working through some things. You might have been had some addictions that you've been working through. You might have some other stuff going on. Some anger stuff. Some envy stuff. Some jealous stuff. Some covetousness stuff. And boy, you're holding that door with all your might and you want to open it up and let it in. Listen, keep the door closed and keep Jesus in there. Don't open. Be very careful. You're a doorway. Your soul, you are a doorway that can open to anything. And the unseen world that exists, whether you want to believe it or not, can come in.
can come in. There are many things that a man and a woman must deal with after their conversion. The devil and demons are number one on that list. The scripture says that you have an adversary. And I hope I got these right. One more to go through here. I forgot about adding this one. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which means all kinds of wickedness. Idolatry. Look at this big one. Witchcraft. I wonder how many Christian people will dress their children up as a witch. I wonder. I wonder who's going to open that door. I wonder who's going to open that door. Hatred. Witchcraft falls in line with this stuff. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. This is in the book of Galatians. This is New Testament. So for some of the folks who say, well, that's just Old Testament stuff. That's New Testament. You can see we're following the old by the new. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, listen, folks, listen, listen. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. What we call fun and games, God calls an abomination. It don't matter what you think. It don't matter what we think. What matters is what God thinks. And that's what matters. That's what should matter to us. Amen. Next slide, brother. First Peter five and eight. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, the king of demons, the king of demons. As a roaring lion, lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's in your Bible that your main enemy is the old serpent himself. Satan wanting to destroy you. And he don't care how that happens. He's not going to appear to you in his true form. He's going to appear to you as that angel of light. Something you'll fight the preacher about. And say, ah, I don't believe that preacher. He's full of it up there talking about that stuff. There ain't nothing wrong with this. You know what I say to that? I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Get you behind me. That's what I say. Because I know what my Lord expects. And I would not there. Who in here would ever believe that Jesus Christ would look at them and say, oh yeah, just dress your kid up as a demon tonight. That's, that's ridiculous. And yet, we will go forward doing this thing. There are You have an adversary who opposes you in everything godly in your life. I want you to know that you have an adversary, an unseen adversary that is demonic, that is powerful. And the only way that we can survive it is through the guiding light of Jesus Christ within our hearts, submitting yourself to your Lord. The steps of a good man. Yes. If I'm taking the proper steps, then I'll avoid these traps laid for me by the fowler, the trapper himself. We are told in the Scripture that Satan is our main adversary. He was there and caused all of mankind's fall. He's the father of everything evil. He's the father of all lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. He possesses people. He tempted Christ. He tempts all of mankind. And yet pastors never talk about Him. No one even knows little secret as pastors are afraid to preach the truth about demonology you should know you're warriors of Christ soldiers of the cross we are not fighting against flesh and blood we're going to get into that one only needs to look at what happened in the Middle East to see demonic activity in action look at what they did Can you imagine taking a young child, a baby, and cutting its head off and then parading through town like you just shot a 10-point buck? Only a demon would do that. 
Only a demon would take something made in the image and likeness of God and defile it like that. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. You are in the Im- His image. And we are to take care of that image. That image should not be defiled looking like a demon. Can you imagine the laugh Satan gets when we stoop to that level and take the image of God and paint it to look like something of hell? Unbelievable. That we would do. But it happens. It happens. I condemn no one because I was once there. I was once there. Next slide, brother. The Great Commission. I want you to, I cut part of the commission off here for one, it's too big, but I wanted to stop at what was most important. The very first thing. Listen to what Jesus said. And he said unto them, This is to us too. This was to his disciples, which is also to us. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what you're, you, you want to know what you're supposed to be doing since you've been saved? Line number one. That's what, this church will be full when we start being personally evangelistic. Preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Listen to this. He that believeth and, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Can you believe that that Lord said that? Little Jesus, meek and mild, said that. If you don't believe, you're damned. Where's that message today? People need to know. Listen to this. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. The very first thing on the list of things that you and I are supposed to do. The very first thing is what? Cast out devils. Listen, it made the top of the list. That's primarily what Jesus spent most of his time doing. Casting out demons. The real. They inhabit people. Casting out demons. Make no mistake about it, there's a reason why it's the first one on the list. By driving out the devil, that, br- that brings direct glory to the mission of Jesus Christ. That brings direct glory to Him. I want to tell you a story before I get going too much further. A lot of people have not seen anything like this. Casting out a demon... There was a lady and I was telling some people a story of this. Now I was pastoring in the north end of the city of Dayton, Ohio in a big Baptist church there. What's that been, 25, 30 years ago? And my brother had just gotten saved down here in Kentucky and preaching revival at Bots. It was either Bots or over here in uh, oh, old Brother Wright's church. I forget where that was. Down 7, I think, is where that was at, I think. He went with me. He was a recovering cocaine addict. God had saved his life. And he was on fire for God. Lady calls me up late one night and says, can you meet us down at the church? I, would, I really want you to talk to my daughter. She's having a lot of problems. She's prostituting. She's doing drugs. She's wild behavior. I said, sure, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, just... Me and my brother will meet you down there. And it was on on an off night. She comes walking in the door and it was a church set up about like this. Almost this size. And I come, I was doing something, me and my brother in the pulpit, we go walking down. And this woman, you could tell uh, she had been a user. You know, they have that, you can tell the sunken face, the skin and bones. She was probably about 5'10", would you say? About 5'10". Long, straight black hair, cold black eyes. And she came in the church and there was about four or five people with her, three men, two women. And she walks down the middle of the aisle and gets about the third pew in and looks at me and her countenance changed. And she looked at me and she said, I hate you. 
And I thought to myself, you know, I thought, well, maybe she didn't know that her mother was bringing her. And then the next thing you know, she dipped her head down like this and ripped her clothes off. I mean, off. And she started hissing and growling and moaning and, and foaming at the mouth. Absolutely, I'm telling you, 100% true. She started growling at me and saying, I hate God! And they tried to grab her and she threw them off. And I'm thinking, man, this is real. My brother looks at me and I'm looking at my brother like, okay. So I, I it, it was like I became a third person in this thing. It was like I was walking to her and I was going, why am I walking to her? I don't want to walk to her. And I walked over to her and she looked at me. And if you've ever seen uh, like a movie with a scuba diver and then bubbles that come up, you know, that's what it was like. It was something in me. I, as I was walking, I could feel this coming up just like this. In Jesus name, I bind you, Satan. I don't know why I said that. She looked at me, foam running down her face and growling at me like a pit bull. And she stopped and got woozy like this and went, bloom, and sat down on the pew. Going, ah, 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 like this at me. She took her head and made a U and put it right beside her behind on the pew. Now the foam was running up in her eyes and in her hair. Ah, 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 doing this at me. I go to touch her. I'm thinking, why am I going to touch her? Don't you touch me! I said, in Satan, in Jesus' name, I bind you. I said, if you will ask Jesus, he will set you free. I, I don't know why I even said that. While she was speaking, a voice said, I don't want Jesus in my life. Just as plain as that. This is absolute truth, I'm telling you. North side of the city of Dayton. She roars up again. The same thing happens. Down she goes. Her mother was in hysterics. She said, what am I going to do? I said, for whatever reason. I said, God can cast this thing out, but he wants her to make a choice. She goes, what do I do? What do I do? I said, the only thing I can tell you from this point is she needs to be admitted down at the Miami Valley Hospital had a psychiatric ward. I worked with this girl for 25 years. She killed her sister. Ran her over with a car on the north side of Dayton. Smoked a hole in her lung with crack. Went to pray for her, me and another preacher, and God healed her and filled the hole and her lung inflated. She still went back to it. Gave her life to Christ. Went back to it again. Gave her life to Christ. Went back to it again. I did that for over two and a half decades. I worked with her. And I love her. We love her. And so as I know, she gave her life to Christ. I had another lady call me a cousin of mine. My daughter, Jessica, my daughter's seeing things in my house. Jay, it's, it's getting really bad. I said, what are you talking about? She said, no, there's something evil here in this house. I said, what, well, tell me what you mean. Well, she wakes up. She hasn't slept in a week. She sees little black objects running along the wall and then going behind her bed and in closets, she said. I said, really? I said, how about you? She goes, it just feels very cold in here. I said, okay. I said, tell me a little bit about what she's been doing. What kind of movies and stuff do you, oh, we, we love to watch horror films and The Exorcist. and We love to get on the Ouija board and we, get, we do all those kinds of things I, because I began to question her. I said, you are responsible for letting this thing in. I said, no, I'm not going to come there unless you quit. I said, I'm not going to waste my time. I said, you have to repent. I said, you need to be saved. Christ needs to be the object of this house and this thing will leave. 
That happened. She started going to church, went there and had prayer in that house and they've never had another problem. Because greater is He that's in us than He that... These are absolutely true, true stories. 100%. Amen? 100%. Because it's absolutely, absolutely real. Next slide, brother. In the book of Ephesians... Put the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, you may be able to stand against, listen, the wiles of who? Church, come on. The devil. The king of demons. That you can stand against a demon. The king. You have to armor yourself. And let me tell you something about armor. It's not made for the backside. It's not made for a retreat. It's made forward facing the enemy. You have to face the enemy. Listen to what he says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's your fight. That's your struggle. The whole Christian struggle is this. You're fighting spiritual warfare in the days in which we live. When a person is being treated for any kind of ailment, all treatments are typically towards the physical side of man. If you're having emotional problems, they have a pill for that. If you feel depressed or anxious, they have a pill for that. But what they never treat, which is the real you, is the spiritual you. Which is the whole you. Other things might calm your body down. But only Jesus can bring life to it. Amen. Amen. Doctors can treat symptoms that's caused in the body, but only God can do the healing. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes things are spiritually done to the body. Such things as a spirit of infirmity. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. There is a demon spirit that causes an infirmity to the body. It can be deafness. It can be the ability to not speak. In the occasion which I'm going to show you, one woman was bowed over. It was from a demon. Ain't no doctor going to fix that. Ain't no pill you can take except the gospel can fix that. Amen? That's the only thing you can take to fix that. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. Satan's goal has never changed. He wants to separate you from the love of God. He wants to destroy you. Let me say that total possession can take place in a person's life. We read about it in the demoniac of Gadara. We read about it in the man's son that tried to cast him into the fire and into the water. Total demonic possession can take place. I've been there and done that many different times especially in the city of Dayton. For some reason, they love to live there. But I'm telling you absolute truth. I've seen people fall to the ground just when you say the name of Jesus. Fall to the ground, foam, and, and it sounds like uh, there's a ripping as they scream and then are freed. If you've never seen that, it'd make a believer out of you. That is absolutely real. You may have never seen this in your life. That's because you live your life in a protected zone. But when you get into ministry and you go where the Lord wants you to go, I once said to the Lord in a very self-righteous manner, Lord, I really want to be a fisher of men. And I heard a reply in my ear that said, you don't even know where the pond's at, boy. You've got to go to the pond to catch fish. Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners. You got to get out there and you got to catch fish. You got to be there to tell them the good news. Everywhere you go, be a light. Everywhere you go, Satan wants to destroy humans. Anything that can take your will from you is demonic. Hear me again. Anything that can take your will from you is demonic. Anything that can create an addiction is demonic in nature. Look at gambling. There's no real no touch, taste, feel, smell. There's really none of that. It's, but people can get addicted to it by the thought of it. 
Well, the next time I'm going to be rich. And they drain their accounts to nothing. That's demonic. Anything that can take your will from you is probably of the dark side. Never forget that. I want to read to you something that, that happened with Samuel. I'm sorry, in the book of Samuel that happened to Saul. Saul went and consulted, and I'm going to finish up here. Saul went and consulted a woman with a familiar spirit. Raise your hand if you know that scripture where Saul went and did. Some of the people know that in here. Yeah. So basically what happened, I'm going to paraphrase, Samuel the prophet died for every king had a prophet. That prophet would instruct the king on what God said for him to be doing. When Samuel died, he lost that. The Philistines were closing in. He felt very scared. No prophets was coming to him. Nobody was telling him anything. And so he said, he said to, the, to his men, he said, go and find me someone who has, listen, a familiar spirit. Now, he had just before cast them out of the land and it was illegal for them to even be in the land. You'd be killed if you were a witch. A person that has a familiar spirit, that is possessed with a familiar spirit, that this witch has the ability to make contact with people who take on the familiarity of someone you know. Now, we know that Jesus said there's a great gulf fixed between us that we can neither go there nor can they come here. So we know we're talking with demons. So this woman has the ability to be possessed by a demon who takes on the familiarity of maybe your ancestor and you see mommy or daddy or grandma or grandpa. That leads you deeper in. So when people go to find out how their life is going to go and they go to an enchanter, a charmer, or a witch, they have the ability to be instructed by a demon and they look at you and say, oh yeah, your mother was so-and-so. And oh yeah, she said to tell you this. And oh, oh no, yeah, this was her favorite color. And oh yeah, they did this. Do you remember in 1971 when you went here and was in the car? And they give you specifics. It's because it's a demon. I can tell by the look on your faces, you've never been told that. That's what a familiar spirit does. It takes on the familiarity of someone you know so it can deceive you into following it. We're going to take a look at that here in just a minute. Next slide. I got to get moving here. Tammy says I talk too much. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> I heard one. A big one came. I just write right down here. I read that. I didn't mean it, but somebody took a total advantage of it. Amen. They're running the aisles over that one to get me to. Sh Brother wants to see somebody run the aisles. Make Brother Jay shut up. Lord have mercy. Okay. Look at this woman. Here is a a demon that creates an infirmity in the body. Look at this. One Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, He saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. That means demon. Oh, we'll send that person to the hospital. Well, hey, yeah, we're going to treat that with this. She had a demon that crippled her? Look at this. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. A demon did that. That's called a spirit, a demon of infirmity. Some people have that in their body today. 18 years, this poor woman had a demon in her that inhabited her. I want you to get a hold of that word real good. Look at this. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her. Boom. She straightened right up. The demon was cast out. Next slide, brother. This is in the book of Acts. Look at this demon. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. A spirit of divination that can divine. Anybody ever heard of that divining for water thing? You know, whoop, right? It's like mystical how that power happens, right? 
This divination has the ability to foretell the future. This is your typical typical medium person that you would see at any fair, any place. Don't think for one minute they can't do it because they can. Listen to this. Brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. That's foretelling the future. This demon, let me tell you, we're dealing with forces that are of a higher power. Look at this. She followed Paul and us and cried saying, listen, this demon was saying the truth. These men are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. Well, that don't seem like there's much wrong with that. Let me tell you, as a pastor, for three decades, and I know Brother Mike can do the same thing, God will show you when one is saying things of God that's really not of God. Not every spirit that cries, Lord, Lord, not every person that cries, Lord, Lord, will enter in. This goes hand in hand with this. Look at this. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul walking around? This woman was parading around behind him. Hey, hey, listen up, everybody at Index. This, these two men are servants of the Most High God. You all need to listen to them. Really? This is what Paul did. She did this many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I underline that, to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that same hour. That was a demon that was able to foretell the future, brought her masters much gain. She was very successful. She could do it because she was using satanic power. And what do we Christians do? We're going to go dip our toes in the water of this evil here in a few weeks. We're going to see it everywhere around us and think, oh, (laughs) Pastor Jay, you're just a little bit too on fire for God. Really. I challenge you in Jesus' name to inspect the truth behind everything you do and every word that's preached behind this holy pulpit. I stand here in in the name of Jesus as a God-called man to tell you the truth. I don't care about popularity. Truth is never popular most of the time. The spirit of divination, the reason why God tells us to avoid these things is because it's absolutely real. Stand with me.